Mark Twain wrote, Truth is stranger than fiction, but it is because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't. Well, we are in a world of truthiness, and I'm not sure we can trust what is fiction in the world of possibilities and what is true. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Let's get emboldened. America. Emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all of you joining on my own Patreon page, patreon.com backslash America Emboldened, or on all of your favorite socials, such as YouTube. Go like and subscribe right now, America Emboldened, or on Rumble, America Emboldened. All right, let's get straight into it. We are living in truth stranger than fiction. I'm finding out news that is just really changing the way that I think you might view things that's happening right now. For example, the movie by Dinesh D'Souza, 2000 Mules. When that movie came out, I watched it and I did the episode talking about, well, look, they have all of this GPS data. They have uh, the maps showing that possible ballot harvesting was taking place, and it made a pretty darn good uh, accusation that both political parties have been playing games in order to try to corrupt the vote. Well, according to a subpoena that has come out in Georgia, true the vote that said that they had evidence to say that there was widespread systematic voter fraud during the 2020 elections. That same group that Dinesh D'Souza used in that viral documentary, 2000 Mules, that I quoted on my show. Well, guess what? They cannot provide the evidence now in hindsight. Now, there could be a few reasons why they could not provide that evidence, but as a whole, it doesn't make sense. When we talk about fiction listing the possibilities, well, truth just isn't going to stand up to all of the possibilities of what could be uh, in not in their favor. For example, as of right now, when it comes to True the Vote being able to provide any type of data about the individuals that were... Uh, I guess trafficking, is that the right word to use? Trafficking, the harvesting the votes? Well, they state that they cannot turn over any names of the people that they said that they knew what their names were. I have to ask a question, the true, the vote to Dinesh, the Susan, and everybody else. If you have the smoking gun evidence, if you have the name in your possession, you make a movie that convinces even further millions of people that 2020 wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be, why would you not release the name of the criminal that did this activity unless you are lying to people? That's the first part. Now, I could understand if this was a journalist who was a trusted source and you're telling everybody, you know what, I cannot testify that way. 
I cannot release my source and my information. I have my First Amendment rights. But we're talking about somebody that you're saying is a criminal, somebody who tampered with the voting rights in the United States. And now you can't come up with any evidence now that you're being subpoenaed, asking in the state of Georgia. The best that you could come up with is saying that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation consequently has ready access to the underlying data and could, we believe, reconstruct it, but it declines to do that. And at this point, it would be redundant and cost prohibitive for True the Vote to do so on its own. It is in that sense that there is nothing more for True the Vote to provide that is not already provided to the GBI. Well, perhaps the GBI has looked into it. And perhaps the GBI says there is no claims to your basis, True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza. So perhaps these mules that were claiming the drop off multiple ballots at multiple locations. Perhaps that is not accurate whatsoever. In fact, we know that the cell phone data was not precise. They cannot determine anything in the general locations beyond about a 100-foot radius. Now, that's not a lot of confidence. Like, if there's somebody who is going to multiple drop boxes and it's within 100 feet, maybe you could find some causation that these individuals were acting out of malice. Um... Many of these drop boxes, though, were in libraries and county buildings. And so lots of people would visit a library repeatedly or a county building repeatedly, especially people that might work at the county buildings, right? That would make sense. And so it seems that True the Vote liked to see what they wanted to see and what they presented to the American public. That is an absolute problem, right? If you are believing that... The 2020 election was stolen by a bunch of mules and Dinesh D'Souza has proven it. Well, guess what? Your argument just took a major hit when they could fa they failed to be able to turn over any shred of evidence that this was the case. Again, this is what I've been saying to people for a while. If you have any type of concrete evidence, why not show it to everybody? Why not put it directly out there? Name the names. Well, maybe people are worried they're going to go to jail for slander. But the last time I checked, when you say something that is true, it's not libelous, nor is it slanderous. So therefore, True the Vote uh, and 2,000 Mules has gone from a video that I felt that didn't really prove anything outside of the both sides cheat to a video that I believe was manipulative at the very best and likely has lost all credibility at this point in time. Now, this is very similar to Died Suddenly. When I watched Died Suddenly, which was the Lauren Witzke, Stu Peters film that I had talked about before, two people that I don't trust as far as I could throw them, which isn't very far, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form you can trust a lot of the information in Died Suddenly either. And here's why. In that movie, they were making these claims that people were having these blood clots in all of their arteries. And they were showing, you know, what coroners were uh, showing, uh, or what's the people that do the embalming? The embalmers. They were showing them saying, well, look at this blood clot that I took out. You know what I did after I heard of those accusations over a year ago? I did what any journalist is supposed to do. I contacted my trusted resources here in Delaware. Now, working in youth ministry, I got to know many of the funeral homes because when you work at a church, you get to know the people that come in as well as the people that do the embalming and preparation of bodies. 
And so I asked them directly, is there any correlation? Is there any truth that you've seen that you're having trouble with the embalming process? And all three funeral homes that I talked to and the trusted people that I talked to, they all stated, nah, we are seeing nothing abnormal that we haven't seen before. And they do not believe a lick of what is coming out in that movie. They said there are people that are likely trying to cash in and were paid to say what they said. Now, I don't know if that's true that they were paid to say or they are cashing in, but I can tell you that was what the funeral homes and embalmers had shared with me about what they were seeing right now. What else can't you trust? Well, apparently you can't trust your eyes right now when you see a review of a company a review of a restaurant, a review of a book. In what was probably the craziest story that come out just hours ago, Google Gemini, Google's brand new AI chatbot, which is supposed to take on ChatGPT, they found that had invented several fake reviews, which they created as real people to discredit a book that was political biases at Google. So now we have artificial intelligence that is manipulating and lying to people, creating fake reviews using real names from real people to manipulate you about how you feel about things. AI is now going to work for the people that have created it in order to create another psyop, so to speak, uh, where you're not going to know. Is this a real person? Is this your friend that feels this way? Or is this AI that is using your friend's photo and using your friend's name in order to change uh, a narrative of what they believe? So if you criticize Google now, well, you saw what happened to me. I, I criticized YouTube and I'm now banned for another like two or three days before they allow my content back up. If you do this, not only do they have these policies to remove you from their platforms, but now their AI is going to do their bidding in order to get you as well. Who needs enemies when you have AI, right? AI will do the job. This is troubling, ladies and gentlemen. This is troubling because if ChatGPT, if Gemini, if uh, what's Grok on Twitter, they can start making sure that everybody believes that Elon Musk is the greatest thing since sliced bread and Tesla and SpaceX and all of his other companies like Neuralink or Google, all of a sudden Alphabet is the best and Android devices or in uh, ChatGPT, Microsoft is phenomenal. What's to stop us from not knowing what avatar we are looking at is real or fake? The only way you're going to be able to trust that the person that you're talking to is the person that they say they are, is to get out of this virtual world and either stand in a room with them or call them directly on a trusted number that you know that you're speaking with them. Because failure to do so means that your eyes might deceive you. Now, why would eyes be deceiving you? Well, right now, there's all these tech companies like Apple and Mark Zuckerberg with his Meta they are all trying to get you to live in their virtual augmented reality. Now, why would this be? Why would they want you to spend time in this virtual world of augmented reality? Well, 
If you're in an augmented reality, you're not in reality. You're not dealing with truth. You're dealing with an illusion of truth, which makes me think going back to the ship of Theseus. Now, if you know, I, you know, I love my Greek mythology and all of this, but the ship of Theseus was a thought experiment, so to speak, based in Greek mythology, because Theseus had a boat and he traveled on it for many, many, many years, traveling all over to all the distant shores and epic adventures. However, his ship was deteriorating during that time. And what he ends up doing, he replaces some parts of that ship. Now, eventually, towards the end of the story, every single piece of his ship has been replaced. Now, this brings up this augmented reality of what is real and what is an illusion. Let me ask you, if I wanted to rebuild Theseus' ship, which part of his ship is the ship that he set off on his adventures on? If we're getting the ship at the very end, it's all new parts. There is not one original part. Is that not a different ship than the ship that he started out with? And at what point in time did it become a different ship? Was it after he replaced the first part, the second part? Was it when he got the 40% of the ship, 50% of the ship? When is it that you say it's no longer the exact same ship that he set shore on or set off to the seas on when he first went on his adventures? If we start thinking about a world of augmented reality. We are changing the laws and physics. We are changing the way that our eyes and brains process the world around us. When we put on these virtual reality headsets, the Vision Pro, or even the way we look at our cell phones, it can change the reality of which we live in. At what point in time then, following the story of Theseus, I would like to ask my bold American audience, did we stop having a human experience and start having a transhuman experience? Was it the invention of the watch? Was it the invention of the computer? Was it the invention of a cell phone, the invention of a uh, virtual reality slash video game device? What part was it? Was it when we first got tools? And we had to stop using our fingers? Did we go way back then? At what point did we stop being human and start being hybrids with what we're creating and the world around us? Now, every single time you go through about a week, did you know if we follow this same type of story of Theseus, your cells are regenerating? Are you the same person then a month later? Do you have the same fingernails a year later, or have they grown from the cells and completely repurposed themselves after you've cut them and cut them and cut them for 365 days? See, we as human beings are having very complex relations with the world around us, but there are individuals right now that are blurring the lines. Whether it's 2,000 mules flat out doing the old school lying, or it is the movie uh, Died Suddenly that's using fear and an agenda in order to scare the absolute crap out of you, or it's moving over to 
AI starting to write fake reviews, or it's the ability to mimic somebody's voice and all of a sudden have your favorite podcaster calling you when I'm actually not making the phone call to you. Well, we have a problem, don't we? See, we're not ships. We are not replaceable parts. We are human beings having a human experience as part of a state of being. And if you lose what it means to be, and all of a sudden you're in somebody else's world and construct like Mark Zuckerberg or Tim Cook or Bill Gates, well, are you having a human experience anymore? Are you having a being experience anymore? I don't think that that's possible. If you were to transfer all of your memories into this new dystopia of AI, would that be you? I don't think so. If you were to be able to take your brain and implant it into somebody else's body with the brainstem and get a perfectly working body, would that be you? I don't think so. Which part of you makes you? Which part of you is a constant? Which part of you cannot be augmented into some other type of an illusion, other type of reality? And isn't that the great question here? Truth is stranger than fiction because what is truth anymore? We don't even remember what it's like to have a human experience because from the moment that we walk and wake up to the moment we go walking out the door, we are staring at screens and being distracted. So as we see these headlines coming out, we see that we're getting into this more dangerous world that's out there. It's time to reflect. It's time to think about what's truly important. Is it Republicans and Democrats and their agendas? I don't think so. Is it who's going to be the next president of the United States? I really doubt it. Is it who is uh, going to be the next governor in your state? Well, I, I hope not. Is it illegal immigrants coming over the border? Mm, you know, maybe it's troubling, but I don't think it changes our human experience. So what is it? Where are we being manipulated by AI and those with agendas? There's this study that came out, this poll from Dartmouth College that is absolutely shocking and frightening. It just came out. I mean, this is hot off the press. According to this new poll from the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, a First Amendment organization, a third of Americans, which includes similar numbers of Republicans and Democrats, they say that the First Amendment goes too far in the rights that it guarantees. More than half agreed that their local communities should not allow a public speech that espouses a belief that they find particularly offensive. That, yes, some speech should be censored. I find this to be one of the most abhorrent and scary polls to come out in modern history. This is scarier than political candidates. When we talk about a world of illusions, it's a world of illusion when you take away somebody's ability to have free speech because 
all of your liberties flow like a waterfall over a cliff unstoppable from the First Amendment. If you start to choke the waterfall, do you know what happens downstream from the waterfall? The tributaries will dry up. There will be people that go without crops and become, in this analogy, this allegory I'm painting here, less free. See, it's your exercise of religion, of speech, of press, of the freedom of assembly and petition that have expanded like a waterfall into civil rights. And that First Amendment that helped expand civil rights has helped create a more just and free society. That did not happen without radical speech. That did not happen with people being silent. That did not happen with Martin Luther King keeping his mouth shut, Malcolm X keeping his mouth shut. That did not happen with the free thinkers in this world being persecuted and told that they can't speak in their local community simply because their speech offends somebody else. Yes, I will, I will never stand for hate speech. But you know what? Hate speech, it's actually protected by the First Amendment, even when I disagree with it. We have the ability to set our own values. I abhorrently cannot stand. I hate Nazis. They make me uncomfortable. I would love to see them all gone. But I know that the First Amendment gives each of us the freedom to set our own values. That's not my values. That's theirs. And as a result, I have the ability to know that they are a piece of crap human being and not associate with them. I have the ability to not do business with businesses do not match my set of values. I don't silence their voice. They also, because of the First Amendment, can express themselves openly on whatever topic you want, whatever topic, without fear of government control or punishment for your words. Unlike in Russia, when you go up against Putin, he makes sure that you get killed, right? We just saw that recently. In the United States, you should not have that fear. Although I got to be honest with you, starting to have that fear a little bit more here in the United States, which might make sense considering a third of people don't believe in the First Amendment anymore, clearly by this fire pole. Also, the First Amendment allows us to make our views known and to hopefully create positive change on behalf of all of us. When I crack open a mic, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or on the Patreon network, I hope that I'm creating a positive change on behalf of all of us, and I'm contributing something into the world to make my listeners think along with me so we can ask some questions. We may not always agree. We may not always see things the same way, you and I, but that's okay. That's what makes this great, this dialogue, this free th flow of thoughts in the First Amendment. All of our liberties, everything flows from that. It's so important that we understand that Americans are protected 
in order to advance ongoing struggles so that we all, in the worlds of Charles Haynes, can achieve liberty and justice for all. Why do we have a freedom of religion if a third of people think this all can go too far? Well, this freedom allows us, it protects us from the number of religious unaffiliated. Those that have not decided their values or principles or beliefs so they cannot shape your life should you have decided yours. And it forbids the government from telling you what religion is correct or non-belief is correct, how you should think or what to believe, which therefore means you're allowed to have your own opinions, which some people might even call you can have your own conscience. If you have your own conscience, then that enables you to say what you think is right and wrong based upon your thoughtful independence from government, your thoughtful independence from an oppressor who does not want you to have your own conscience. And we also can make sure the government doesn't favor and support one faith or personal belief over others, which is why I often will point out things like maybe General Flynn. I think maybe this is where I'm having issues. I have a problem with Christian exceptionalism, and I say that to my listeners as a Christian. I don't think that Christian exceptionalism and American exceptionalism should be mixed up one and the same. And the First Amendment proves that. It proves that just because you're Christian doesn't mean that that's supposed to be the way of the United States. And so the First Amendment works all ways. I wouldn't take that third and say, well, I disagree with those atheists that don't believe that God has a way for the American public. Speech. I just got done telling you, speech has given people rights. Now, it protects the right to expression of your individual values, your ideas, and opinions. That doesn't mean that you're not a crap human for some of your values, ideas, and opinions in my eyes. It just prevents the government from saying that you can't speak about that or keeping you out of a local community in a public forum. Private forums can do whatever they want to do but they can't control the ways that others reach out. They cannot punish you for what you choose to say unless you defame somebody, unless it's a true threat, unless it's obscene, or it's a fraudulent statement that you're defrauding people, or it's incitement to a violent act that will immediately endanger others. Outside of those really 1%, less than 1% of cases, the government cannot get involved. They cannot silence you for how you choose to speak if it's within a reasonable, a reasonable time, place, and manner. Because we don't want to intrude on other people's rights. So if I'm out there doing a show and you were to continue to interrupt it, I think that you should want to uh, say, hey, you know what? That person should probably wait to speak a little later until the what these people have paid for is done with. If you're off to a concert, right? You're intruding on other people's ability to uh, be able to make those statements. The freedom of the press, is that the third that they'd like to get rid of? 
you know, or is it all of this? Did they just not understand the First Amendment in the study? You know, the freedom of the press is allowing us to gather and report news and information. It doesn't matter if it's a news story, a broadcast. It doesn't matter if it's a Facebook post, a restaurant review, or my political opinions. It's information that I gather that allow people to make decisions in order to figure out how they feel about this country, this republic. They can vote. They can petition the government. And without a free and clear press, we don't have that. So if you don't like the way some journalists act, well, guess what? Find a journalist that you like the way they act. Find a journalist that you think is reputable. If you hear me and I tell you, hey, guys, I have some people that aren't willing to speak, but this is what they're telling me. I would hope that you'd know that I could at least say to you, well, this is exactly where they come from and prove to you. Yes, this is a solid source. But there are people right now that are making up sources. They're never backing up any claims, not bringing anybody onto their shows. That They're just a talking mouth. And I got to ask, why do we trust those individuals? See, the freedom of the press also has this downside. But that stated, you have the right to discern who you're going to listen to. We also have this freedom to assemble. Uh, you know, Michael Bednarik used to like to talk about this because when he was running for president, they wouldn't allow him in to one of the debates. And so he ended up getting arrested with another candidate at that time saying, but I'm running for president of the United States. How are you kicking me out of the presidential debates? And he said, I have a right to assemble here. This is not a free speech zone. There's no such things as free speech zones in the Constitution. So therefore, you are violating my First Amendment right that you are supposed to be protecting. And so that freedom to assemble with other people that hold their same views, whether that is down in Washington, D.C., at a rally for life, a stadium rally, or in a meeting room with other people, or just a single person walking with one other person on a sidewalk, they can do whatever they want to do. They have their individual views and they can assemble peacefully in order to organize and amplify that message. Because without the ability to organize and to assemble, then you cut off the head of a snake. You cut off the head of the ability to mobilize. A headless snake is not mobilizing anywhere. It has no support. A snake that goes out into the world can grow. And I know I hate using the word snake, but it's a visual that you can understand. And then lastly, we have the right to petition. And many people have petitioned the government over the last several years and with uh, writs to their governors and done so successfully. And that right to petition protects you when you're talking to those in power. When you want change or you're asking for no change sometimes, or maybe the governor and your state legislation is putting a change in that you disagree with, like my state of Delaware, and you're saying no change, just follow the darn Declaration, uh, the darn Constitution of Delaware, the state declaration, right? Constitution. I don't know. I'm mixing my words at this point. I know it's been a long day. I woke up early and everything else. So if you hear a couple words back and forth, I just think I'm probably tired, but I'm, I'm energized. And I want to make sure I get this through to everybody. You have the right to gather with others. You have the right to hire somebody as a lobbyist in order to petition the government on your behalf. So the First Amendment helps keep the government 
out of you. It does not apply to your parents, if you're a young person, listen. It does not apply to private employers. It does not apply to private businesses, only in public. So the First Amendment, with this fire group telling everybody, hey, you know what, a third, a third of people think it goes too far. Why are you so hurt by language? Why can't you deal with people that have other views? What is so harmful to you? Turn off the television. Put down the newspaper. Shut off the social media with the post that you don't like. Unfollow the individual. But there should be a place for all of us. Even the speech that makes me uncomfortable and the speech that I hate. Ladies and gentlemen, bold Americans. This is absolutely a wake-up call that our Constitution is under attack not just by the political party that you think it's under attack by. This is Republicans and Democrats. This was a bipartisan response. In fact, only a quarter of all respondents, both Republicans and Democrats, agreed that the right to free speech was very or completely secure in this study. Now, they did have dozens of controversial statements to see which statements people found most offensive. The most disliked beliefs in this were all whites are racist oppressors, or followed by statements like America got what it deserved on 9-11, or January 6th was a peaceful protest. Those were the top three responses that upset people the most. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not like when people say all whites are racist oppressors, but if you can't look at the absolute tomfoolery of that comment, the fact that you're making an illogical statement immediately that does not equate, right? One of these things cannot equate with the other. All whites, well, then that means that no whites are not, you know, in this category. Or America got what it deserved on 9-11. What did America get on 9-11? How did we get it? Right? Okay, we got terrorist attacks. Um, depending on your opinion about America being the world's policeman, perhaps there's people that are going to make statements like that. Can you look at statements like that and go, okay, you have a right to make that comment. I have a right to be like, you know what? Over 3,000 people lost their lives on this day, and none of them got what they deserved based on America. They got screwed when they were killed and their families and loved ones and the thousands of others, they were harmed. But you know what? I will still respect your right to make that statement under the First Amendment. Or January 6th was a peaceful protest. All right, January 6th was a peaceful protest. Why is that so upsetting? Is it because it doesn't match the reality of what people saw on television and what happened during that day with, with people getting tear gassed? It wasn't peaceful. It might have stayed peaceful had certain things not escalated, but it wasn't peaceful. But why is that not allowed? Why can't you say that? Why do people get upset with me when I say that January 6th wasn't an insurrection? You want to limit my free speech there? Why can't I point out things like the mRNA were still part of an experiment in a sense because the trials are still ongoing? 
Why is that something that people want censored as dangerous speech by me? Well, out of all these controversial and everything else, well, I think what we can see is because people have gotten too soft in their uh, <laughs> understanding of what it means to have an absolute right that is protected through the Constitution. So the Constitution gives us no rights. Just a reminder, the Constitution protects the rights that a framer said you and I already have. Very important. Now, I don't know if you're listening to the show and you agree that maybe speech can go too far, but I want to hear more about why you would feel that way if that's the case, or if you agree with me. Would you head over to my Patreon, patreon.com backslash America Emboldened, and join the conversation on this with me? I'm very uh, much, uh, I want to know, where do you stand on this? Do you feel that some speech, if it's hate speech, should not have the protections of the First Amendment? If it's hate speech that's not actually going to harm somebody, there's no immediate danger, should somebody not be able to say that? And, you know, where does that stop? As I said, when you trickle down the waterfall, when you, when you choke the water from one area, put up a dam, other places go dry. What amendments fall next once the First Amendment becomes diminished? And you know what? Michael Benark, he said it. He said, people are choosing this. Well, yeah, he's right. Obviously, they are choosing this when this poll comes out this way. And uh, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that people that worked for this country, people that believe in the Constitution, the ideals, are now looking back on their life's work going, what happened? I tried. I tried to teach people. You know, people like Paul Engel that are doing the Constitution study. I appreciate his work, but it's got to be so depressing to look at people willing to want to give up some of their rights. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you today. I'll be back on Friday for the weekly recap once again. Also, I have emails out to a ton of people that you are going to love to hear on the show, just waiting to get dates firmed up so I can start all these interviews. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting on American Bolden in the month of March. You're not going to want to miss it. You've been listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Be bold, America. Thank you.